Welcome back. So yesterday we got a small sneak peek of the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom from the producer of the series, A.G. Aonuma. We got to see some of the gameplay, some of the new abilities there, and I kind of wanted to go over that as well as discuss what I've been playing on this month, just a month in review, compile it all into one and get it out the door here towards the end of the month. I know I'm running late this month. I haven't really put anything out, so I figured this would be a good opportunity. It's been a rather slow month for game releases and news in general. There have been a couple things here and there that I want to discuss, and we'll get into those a little bit later in this. But I w figured that this would be a good time as any to get this out the door to your guys listening here, and hope you guys enjoy this. I want to start, like I said, with The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and some of the gameplay we were shown there, as, some, as well as some of the other announcements. But before we begin, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. We were uploading pack openings on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube for Pokemon cards, and trying to upload some other things as well. Pretty active on Twitter as of late. I try to use that for my news needs because that is the quickest way to know when something is launched or if you're looking for an item then might you might be waiting to come back in stock you might want to follow wario 64 there for that but first let's dive right into things with the tears of the kingdom that we saw some of the gameplay look very much like breath of the wild which we come to expect we didn't expect a differentiation in the gameplay graphics department as it is a direct sequel to the breath of the wild title it showed some running around the world it was a very large world and one of the things we noticed that was different right off the bat was islands in the sky so we saw those and we were of course wondering you know how how do you get there how do you get to these items how do you get to these islands and explore them so that was quickly explained to us there was an item that fell from the sky and landed on the ground Mr. Alnuma made his way over to the item and then used the recall ability on it and hopped on the top of it what the recall ability does is actually rewinds an item to a previous state. It, it continually rewinds, so it took him all the way to before this item fell, and he was able to jump off of that and get onto the item. I wonder about this particular ability, if we will have the ability to use this on enemies, per se. I know we had stasis before in the Breath of the Wild title, which could freeze enemies. I wonder if maybe we can rewind enemies, or if that is an option. It's it just had me questioning it because you, there's going to be a lot of open-ended stuff in this game and things that aren't abundantly available at the beginning that we have to figure out for ourselves as the gamers. Moving from there, we saw that Mr. Alnuma picked up a stick. He fought a new type of enemy called a construct, which appeared to be just like a robotic sentry, possibly, and he used a tree branch to hit that. He then took the tree branch and went over to a rock that was on the ground and used another of the new abilities, that being the Fuse ability. I think they may have called it Combine or Fuse. I believe it is Fuse, though. The Fuse ability, to me, is a game changer. It adds durability to weapons that previously might not have been there, and Alnuma even brought it up himself instead in previous games. You would defeat powerful enemies and you would get better weapons as a result. But in Tears of the Kingdom, it looks like you're going to be able to combine many different things to create your own different types of weapons. He also showed putting a puff uh, shroom on a shield. And when the enemy hit that, it created a smoke screen. He was able to sneak up behind the enemy and get a critical strike in and just kill the enemy in one shot. As opposed to having to battle that. 
and I, I think that this adds a lot. The fusibility is going to add a lot of things in terms of variance in the in the ways that we're able able to approach different enemies. We're going to have multiple different ways to do that as opposed to the same old same old that we were used to in the Breath of the Wild title. Another thing that I saw with the fusibility in mind is the ability to turn your your arrows into elemental arrows or using like a crease or keys eyeball to uh, combine with an arrow to make it homing where it seeks if you shoot in the general direction of an enemy. So we're able to use uh, homing arrows. We're able to use frost. I'm assuming fire and other types of arrows might be available as well. Electricity, I think, was another one. I wonder how they'll do it with bombs in this one. I wonder how they'll accomplish that if there'll be a new item that is used specifically to create bomb arrows. Or if there's maybe a uh, ingredient that's dropped by an enemy that I'm just completely overlooking here. As I said, the fusibility is going to be a game changer and it offers so much in the way of changing the gameplay and the way you approach enemies and the game itself. I do like the arrows being able to do that because you had to hunt down specific arrows in Breath of the Wild. And if some of them were rarer, the others are harder to find and it would be kind of a pain if you needed like an electric arrow for an enemy or if you wanted an ice arrow. It's just you had to basically farm those items now. It looks like we might have to farm the craftable ingredients with it but we will be able to use them ourselves from our inventory just by using the the uh, fuse ability. Along with weapons being able to be used for fuse, you're able to also create basically vehicles is, is the only way I could put it because Alnuma did create a, a, a raft a, and put two turbines on the back to serve as propellers. He hit them and then they propelled them across a large river. So these are interesting in the in the uh, the vehicles we've seen them ride around on, like the 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 uh, wagon, I guess it's like a tiny uh, cart. It he stated that they're not available first in the game, but you'll be able to build them over time, and then you can of course pick up these larger constructs that you built with the new ultra hand ability, and then you can uh, place it wherever they need to be for your so you can make it all. While I'm not a fan that weapon degradation is still returning in Breath of the Wild 2 Tears of the Kingdom, it looks like it is mitigated some by the ability to attach basically a boulder to the end of your, your flimsy stick and make it a much more powerful weapon. Moving on from that ability, we were also shown the ability to uh, ascend, the ascend ability. So if you go into a cave and you see that there's a ceiling there, and that there's an area on top, it'll there'll be a special glowing icon or glowing indicating that you can use the ascend ability here. You can basically just go straight through the cave to the top of it. And there are certain larger areas where you'll do this where you normally would have had to use stamina and pray you made it to the top or pray you had enough to get to the top of the structure. Now you can simply use the ascend ability and bypass all of that. Now all of this is very cool. The fusibility in particular has got me very excited for Breath of the Wild 2 Tears of the Kingdom. I cannot wait at this point to play it. And at the end of this presentation, when Al Numa was done showing the gameplay, we finally were given the, the announcement for the Legend of Zelda OLED Switch that I've been waiting on. They also showed off a Pro Controller, a themed Pro Controller, and a carrying case for the OLED Switch. 
I managed to get my pre-order in for the Pro Controller as well as the OLED, and I'm happy about that. I've, I've been eyeing my own home Switch console. I have a Switch Lite I carry with me basically everywhere, but I've been looking for something to play on the TV. Maybe if I'm at home and want a larger screen and handheld, I'll have that as well. But I'm, I'm, I was able to get that in, and I'm so thankful that, as I stated following Wario64 for the W on Twitter, let me know it was in stock. I, I initially passed on the Pro Controller. I have two as, it's, as it is, one Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak themed. Now, I was thinking, you know, I really don't need one, but it came in stock in games on GameStop, and it just would not go away. It stayed there, and it did not go out of stock, so I knew at that point I had to pick it up I was it was uh it was inevitable at that point that I was gonna have to pick that up so thankfully I was able to get that I was I'm excited for Breath of the Wild 2 Tears of the Kingdom more so than I was to begin with the gameplay did a lot to build my excitement meter if you will there was no gameplay shown they seem to be keeping a playing that one close to the chest and not necessarily giving out any information on that at this time but they did show us some gameplay there was no story information revealed they, I think they want us to figure that out for ourselves in a, in a little over a month here but we'll see about that this month hasn't really been a busy time for game releases there's only been two games that were on my radar honestly that I looked at and I thought hey I, I need to pick those up those games look like fun and thankfully my friend bought one of those and beat those early in the month very quickly so he let me borrow that and I did not have to purchase that one that being Wolong Fallen Dynasty. So this title is Toei, Koei Tecmo and Team Ninja's second or third outing after the Neo series. It reminds me somewhat of Neo in the fact that when you parry successfully, it sounds just like the key charge you would do in Neo to recharge your stamina. This game is more akin to Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, than any of those titles are the Souls titles, in my opinion, though. Parrying can be difficult to pick up to begin with. The first boss is a monstrosity. The first phase is not very difficult, but when you make it to the second phase, he's just very wild and out of hand. He's super aggressive, and you have to get your parries right. The name of the game in this is to parry so that you can build up that stagger meter just like you would in Sekiro so you can get a strike in and take down extra health off of your enemy. It looks like Team Ninja saw what Sekiro did and they put that on steroids because this game is wild fast and it is it's way faster than Sekiro if I if memory serves. I've been having a lot of fun with the title. It's probably going to take me a bit of time to complete it. My friend let me know that Lubu is a uh, another boss later in the game. He would give me a bit of trouble, but anything else in the game wasn't really that difficult and I can say after struggling for a whole evening and the on a following morning on the first boss that I made it to I think the second third boss and I beat those in like the first or second try each time I highly recommend this title if you are on the fence about it the story is a little bit out there I haven't really been paying attention but I'm there for the gameplay more than anything the souls like gameplay the Sekiro like gameplay is a lot of fun you know, two summons following you around at once to help out to alleviate some of the difficulty there, but a lot of times they're not doing the most. They they do help out with ads at time, but you can be swarmed by enemies and they just completely ignore 
your uh, your summons, or they can uh, or they can just take out the summons can take out your enemies for you. Unlike the Souls titles, these summons don't go away; they're always with you, following you around in these in these fights in these areas. So it adds some degree of help. And it's two to five players online if you happen to have a stable internet connection and some friends who would like to play this game with you. Inevitably, I would like to play this online with my friend Philip and see if we can uh, have some fun with it. It is, it is an interesting title to say the least. The other title that I was interested in, I haven't picked up yet, is Have a Nice Death that dropped on Steam, Switch, and I might have been on the PS consoles as well. It looks interesting, like an interesting enough roguelike title that we have. I might pick it up down the road. I have too much on my plate at this time. Octopath, Wolong, and then we're quickly approaching the month of March. I've got to pick up Advance Wars. And there's one other title that I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on right now that I want to pick up in April. But I do have a couple to pick up. It's not necessarily a stacked month, thankfully. And then we quickly approach May after that, and that's all about Tears of the Kingdom. We also had some information that seemed to leak this month where it was stated that PlayStation is working on a PlayStation 5 Pro. Now, the initial leak listed a price point of, I think it was $399 or $499. That number seems incredibly low to me. Considering the PS4 Pro was, I think it was like, it was close to four or five hundred dollars when I purchased it, and I don't think it ever saw a discount. Speaking of discounts, Sony actually discounted the PS5 on PlayStation Direct. You can get the God of War edition for just over five hundred dollars now. It's about fifty dollars off of the MSRP. It's good to see that the the uh, console is more readily available and so readily available that Sony is having to discount it. At some point, I've got to pick one up myself. At this point, though, if if we do get a PS5 Pro, I'll likely go that route, even if it means I have to wait until the end of next year. If there's more concrete information that comes out about that, then I may hold off and purchase a PS5 Pro. But there's so many titles that are just coming to the PS5 at this point. And PS4 and last gen is getting left behind. The PS4 and the past gen Xbox are being treated like the redheaded stepchild, similar to how the Switch has been for a lot of time for many titles. Not all of them now. Some publishers are able to get those Switch titles out the door at the same time as the PS5 and PS4 versions, but it is not that common that it happens. First big title that I saw where we had this issue was Hogwarts Legacy. That, of course, was supposed to come out in April, and that's been pushed back to May, so we won't get that until that point. It's going to be conflicting with my Breath of the Wild two times so I'm going to have to juggle those two titles whenever I do get the PS4 version of Hogwarts Legacy. That title, Hogwarts Legacy that is, has been like the catalyst. It's one of the reasons that I, one of the main driving reasons I want a PS5 at this point. I would like to play the superior experience of that. I hope that the PS4 version isn't too janky or too left behind on the last gen console. I know the Switch version will probably be much worse than that but I'm not trying to judge it alongside that. I want to look at it alongside the PS5 version and I want it to be as close to that as possible though I do realize there's going to be some gap, there's going to be something left on the drawing board because it is a past gen console. Speaking of those pro consoles, we again got more information about the 
Nintendo Switch Pro, and supposedly it's coming next year. I think we already talked about this in the Pokemon video before. We haven't had any confirmation on it, but it just seems to keep coming up in topics on Twitter and uh, in the gaming space in general. There's just a lot going on at this time. Not necessarily a whole lot of releases or events going on, but there's a lot of news. Oh, and E3 is all but dead at this point, it would seem. Ubisoft was one of the larger publishers who was planning to show up. They were one of the few larger ones that were going to show up. And now they have confirmed they're pulling out and they're having their own event in LA a couple of days before the industry days in E3. So it seems that they're realizing as well that this is a lot of money to pour into a third-party presentation when you can do a lot of it yourself at a lot of times at a fraction of the cost out having to pay that overhead to the to the E3 council. I can't say I fault any of these companies. If I had a large platform and I had to go somewhere and pay a large sum of money to put something put a presentation on and then I found out like Nintendo's been doing it this whole time and I could just put up this little presentation and get it out the door and cost little to nothing. Oh, best believe I would be doing that. Not only that, if you if you're putting this your presentations on YouTube and you're running ads there, there's the possibility that you can even be paid for it and instead of having to pay to put it on. It just doesn't make sense to me. I like E3, I like the presentation and the news is cool and all that. But it doesn't look like it's going to be around for much longer. I think I saw something as well that said Sega is waiting till closer to the time to make their announcement. But it doesn't look like anybody is going to be showing up for E3 at this time. The Summer Games Fest might be the new E3. Jeff Grubb may have won. Or is it Jeff Keighley? I always get the... Don't come for me. I, I, can't, I can't keep up with everybody. I know Jeff Grubb does his podcast. And I believe it is Jeff Keighley. But yeah, it seems Summer Game Fest will now be taking the place of E3 if they can't get more publishers on board and make it more appealing to these publishers to put money in and to actually show up for this. Anyways, I just wanted to discuss some of this stuff with you guys, try to get this out before the end of the month. It was my intention to record earlier in the month and discuss Octopath and Wolong Fallen Dynasty, but time seemed to have gotten away from me. I haven't made as much progress as I would have liked in Wolong and it being difficult does not help Octopath being as long as it is prevents me from discussing it today hopefully I will put a dent in that title at some point in the future and we come back and have a dedicated episode on it and maybe another title but I hope you guys enjoyed this let us know any thoughts on how we might improve what you liked what you did not like let us know and we appreciate all you guys listening and tuning in peace